Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Western Focus Podcast. I'm your host, Steven Meister, and with me is Blue. This is going to be part two of our LCS discussion, which will be breaking down the four remaining rosters that we have yet to discuss, Shopify Rebellion, NRG, Team Liquid, and Cloud9. As I said, this is part two. If you want to hear our thoughts on any or all of the previous rosters, Immortals, Dignitas, 100 Thieves, or FlyQuest, check out that last episode where we go over them in detail, as well as some of the major updates to the LCS, where, again, I'll, I'll preview that here if you didn't know. Evil Geniuses and Golden Guardians left the LCS. It's only going to be eight teams this year. If you want to hear more thoughts on that, as well as some other topics, go back to that last episode and check that out before coming back to this one. where We'll, we'll be finishing up the LCS breakdown. I want to do a quick check-in with you, Blue. How are, how are things going, enjoying the holiday season? What's going on? Yeah, well, with with the way that my job works, I'm still working this week. It's Christmas was a couple of days ago, and now in the downtime between Christmas and New Year's, I still got to do my job. But otherwise, it's it's been a nice time spending a bit of time with my relatives, uh, have some nice food, and enjoy just the festivities in general. It's always a great atmosphere around christmas time yeah but hoping all of you listening as well have enjoyed your holiday season christmas hanukkah new year's whatever else is going on for you hope you had a great time spending time with family like blue said i went to visit a uh, family on both sides my mom and my dad's side not too far away still you know in, in the local area but it's always good to get around the holidays with family and see each other hopefully not everyone We'll have uh, a great time with family. Maybe that's going to be friends for you. But again, whatever's going on, hope you had a great holiday season. And with that out of the way, we are going to get started with these last four teams in the LCS this year. Starting off in reverse order as we did last episode from last season standings with Shopify Rebellion, also formerly known as TSM. TSM ended up exiting the LCS in terms of their organization being in the league, but their team has carried over, at least some of it, uh, over to Shopify Rebellion, who will be replacing them. So Fake God is going to be their new top laner. He's been a guy who's been around the scene for a little while. Boogie and Insanity brought back from TSM's roster last year as their jungler and their mid laner, the only two returning players from that TSM roster. Bevoy is going to be their AD carry, might be a familiar name to you, we'll get into that in a minute. And Zazel should definitely be a familiar name to you if you've been following the LCS, will be back playing support for Shopify Rebellion. So, to start it off with Fate God in the top lane, he ended up playing on Cloud9's Challengers team last season in 2023, as well as for Disguised Toast's uh, team as well, Disguised. He ended up winning the NA Challengers League spring with C9 and in summer with DSG, so a very good year for Fate God in the Challengers League last year. And he has previously been in the LCS before as well in 2021 and 2022. He spent uh, some time starting in the top lane for Dignitas. He's a player who, generally speaking, was thought, at least when he came on, this seemed to have some potential. Um, he ended up not really being able to develop as we went into in pretty in-depth and pretty hard on Dignitas in the last episode. Not really a great environment to be a young player looking to improve being on you know a team that's relatively always at the bottom bottom three in the standings so never really was able to get too much improvement too much development he has generally had better 
performances in the Challengers League or the Academy scene, most notably as shown with his last year's performances. He was one of, if not the best top laner in the NACL. His KDAs were top, uh, near the top of the league. His lane differentials, as we've talked about, or like to talk about a lot, CSD, as well as gold differential and XP differential at around 10 minutes or 14 minutes, was generally speaking pretty, pretty solid. But the biggest thing for him is he's never really found that consistency in the LCS. He has bounced from there to the Challengers League, now back up with the LCS in what should be a better team and hopefully a better environment uh, in Shopify Rebellion than on Dignitas. He's still on not a great roster, but it should be a little bit something better than what he's been on before. I'm still skeptical on if he'll really be able to be anything more than just a solid top laner, but if you can get that out of him for a team like Shopify Rebellion, that's probably what you would be expecting. Boogie, as I said before, is one of the two players brought back along with Insanity. Uh, he was fine last year. I was a bit more excited for him than I think most people were when he came in from Estro last year from Latin America region. Um, but it just wasn't anything super special. It was an okay year. I remember watching the limited sample size of games that I do for these new players that come into the league. And I was more excited. He had a lot of carry games, a lot of really standout performances down there in Latin America. But it didn't translate over here to North America. So we'll see what another year under his belt can do. Insanity is a mid laner that I really like a lot as a North American mid laner. He's solid. I was really excited when he first came in. I think that was with Immortals, but I could be wrong on that. Um, but I'm a fan of his. He's not afraid to pick some unique champions uh, in the mid lane. He's a solid talent uh, for, again, a North American mid laner. He's not really probably going to be ever a top, top player in the league. But on a middle-of-the-pack team like this one, at least I'd expect them to be a middle-of-the-pack team. Insanity is going to be able to do a pretty nice job for you. Um, again, nothing super special, but he'll be a solid player for you. The Probably the most interesting player on this team is going to be Bevoy, because it's going to be a new name to the North American region, to the LCS. But he started as a pro all the way back in 2016 on Royal Club in the LPL. Then uh, last year, he ended up uh, being on Pain Gaming in Brazil. He's been to a couple regions, I think, in between there, including a, a brief stint on Misfits uh, in Europe. And he's uh, seemingly to be a good AD carry, especially from what I saw in uh, Brazil last year on Pain. He led uh, all of ADCs in KDA with an 8.0 in their second split. Uh, last year with Pain, the next highest for reference was a 6.2 KDA, so a pretty stark uh, jump up there from the second to the first being Bevoy. His lane stats weren't anything super impressive, but again, from that little kind of sample size I saw, he very rarely had a bad game, especially from just a, a KDA perspective. Uh, although there were a couple of bad performances a bit later on into uh, the playoffs in that second split. He seemed mostly fine uh, from what I watched. So it'll be interesting to see how he adapts, not only being a guy who's been around the scene for a long time, but coming into yet another new league for him. You would like to think that some veteran experience there can help him out, but there's always going to be a little bit of issues adjusting just to a new region, new players, new environment, but they're probably hoping for him, I would assume, to be the main carry of the team as he's been around for such a long time. He had such a great year, especially in that second split last year. We'll see what he's made out of, 
but kind of like a lot of the teams still even talking back from last episode, I'm not expecting like superstar kind of ability out of him. I think, again, you're just kind of looking for good, maybe even like pretty good gameplay out of him. I think he's probably going to be the one guy on this team that you're really going to be looking for a lot more out of. And then Zazel was with Fate God on C9 Challengers and DSG uh, last year for the NA Challengers League. He won both splits along with Fake God. He last played in the LCS on Evil Geniuses in 2020, but he's most known for his years on C9 before that, where they were winning an LCS title here or there, and C9 was having uh, some good runs with him at support. He's mostly been a tank support player in his career, but obviously last year's Enchanters were more in the meta. He has shown more than enough ability to play those. He was second in assists in the NACL and least among deaths for all supports, as well as having the highest kill, kill participation excuse me, for supports. Especially with supports, you kind of take stats like that with a grain of salt, but still good to see him be really involved around the map, obviously really involved in fights, second in assists. I'm expecting really good things out of Zazel. I think he's still going to be a very good support. He was still solid on EG before he ended up uh, getting off that team. I think he more than definitely deserved a spot in the LCS even last year. So getting him back on that main stage is going to be very good for him. I hope him and Bevoy can maybe surprise some people and maybe, you know, kind of overperform that expectation that I feel like I definitely have of them and probably most people would probably have of them as a duo. I think you're kind of looking still at a, a mid-table team, maybe a slightly lower mid-table team, you know, but I, I'm excited at least to see a couple of these players, most definitely that bot lane with Bevoy being such an experienced player and Zazel as well. That's probably going to be the X factor for them going into the season. Yeah, I share a lot of the same sentiment, I'd say. Like, in my mind, this is going to be a pretty similar roster in terms of where it ends up to 100 Thieves. I expect that they'll probably be neck and neck throughout the season, except given that Rebellion has a lot more experience under their belts and is a much more of a known quantity, my expectation is that they'll probably do better at least in the first half of spring, maybe all of spring. But then I would anticipate that 100 Thieves would overtake them in the summer. It's kind of, again, neck and neck, but that's kind of my prediction. But like, first off, great call keeping insanity from the TSM roster. I fully agree that he had a great split and deserves to stick around. He's probably one of the better NA mids that has come out in, in recent memory, at least. So super happy that he's got a place. And then you've got Fake God and Zazel, which, as you mentioned, Steve, were both from DSG and... I wanted to give a quick shout out there because DSG has been very vocal about the fact that they want to develop these new players. They don't want to waste too much time on, you know, the retire or close to retirement or washed players. They prefer to develop players, bring them up, and then they want to push them into the LCS. That's kind of their goal with the team. So very good to see that from a development Oregon, given the fact that they've gotten three of their players up into the league this year, I think they've done a good job. So Obviously, Fake God and Zazel, both players that have been in the LCS before, but I think that with this win of the NACL League, both of them have demonstrated a, a significant amount of growth in the way they're able to play, the way they're able to gain leads. And I think that they're going to be rested, rejuvenated, and have so mu that much more fire to, to win this whole thing now in the upper leagues. But the... The big question mark on this roster for me is that pickup in the AD carry role B-Boy. 
because he, as you mentioned, is a 25-year-old Korean and he's coming in from pain gaming. So, you know, coming in from one of the minor regions usually isn't necessarily the best of signs. It doesn't happen very often, but when it does, I don't think it's. I can recall any instance of that going super well. And I've seen a few theories going around that the reason he was choven, chosen over someone like Sven or Stixay or even Meech, which was rumored as a consideration, was potentially due to nepotism, being that Revan worked with B-Boy on PNG. And I'm sort of seeing the same sentiment around Brazilian communities as well, that he's supposedly around fourth in that league for the AD carry role. So, you know, obviously take that with a grain of salt since it's just the fans, but I wanted to mention that anyway. And while I can kind of see the merit in that, I'm not necessarily sure that it's valid given that Revan, the coach for this new team, has a pretty sol solid track record. And it could simply be that in that time he worked with Bivoy, he learned there's hidden potential there and he wanted to further develop that. So, you know, it could be any of those two directions. I'd probably lean in the latter. Uh, but overall, I think this roster has quite a bit more experience than something like a 100 Thieves roster, and that should be good enough for them to be competitive. I, I as well see them around middle of the pack, but I think they have a shot of breaking into the upper regions at the very least. Yeah, and even then, like, m maybe there is a shot that they can break in, but I think it's, it is partly a testament to, like, you know, they're still not really a great team yet you know you still are waiting to see you know if fake god is really improved if zazel you know still has it all which i think he does and then again i think the biggest uh, point of contention on the team is going to be bvoy at the end of it but it also is a testament to also how good some of the other teams above them are like obviously we'll get into the the favorites uh, cloud nine going into it but even nrg is still uh, a very solid team team liquid is going to be probably the most interesting team in the league still to end up looking at and seeing what's going to happen with that roster um and i think obviously with the with the league going down to to eight teams the it's obviously going to be a lot more of a tighter race in the standings because there's only going to there's going to be those two spots uh disappearing so even though you can say maybe shopify rebellion maybe like fourth is like their peak at best but that's still you know it still ends up being like a a mid part of the of the standings you know it is technically the upper half of the standings but it, it's still like kind of smack dab in the middle with that fourth and fifth spot so we'll see if there is some room for them to break through but i think the teams above of above them are still clearly above them and those are luckily for us the teams that we're going to be getting into next on the rest of this episode so with that being said we'll dive into the next roster and that's going to be nrg the defending summer split champions of north america the only north american team uh, from worlds last year to end up making it to the quarterfinals despite if you want to bash uh, some luck that maybe they got on their way there they ended up making it to quarterfinals and got that uh bragging right to say that they've done that for uh for the region usually that's uh, c9 being able to do that so it's really cool to see another team finally step up and be able to to elevate their performances and get that far in and uh, for NRG, there's not really a lot of changes. It's basically the exact same team except for their support. Dokla is still the top laner. Contracts in jungle, Palafox in mid lane. FBI sticking around as the AD carry. 
and then instead of Ignar as their support, it is going to be who he who he was the support for Golden Guardians last year, uh, one of the teams no longer in the LCS. And I think most importantly, probably for NRG, and as to why they would want to bring him in over Ignar, is that he has previous playing experience with FBI. They've played on both 100 Thieves and Golden Guardians together at uh, different points in their careers. So they have plenty of chemistry. Uh, know, they know how to play with each other very well. They were a very uh, exciting a bottom lane duo when Golden Guardians had that kind of fun roster uh, with them two uh, in the bot lane. I think it was like DeMonte uh, mid lane, and then I forget who the top half was. But they've been around for a long time, both of those guys. They've had experience together. Um, and he was still uh, very good last year, being a part of that Golden Guardians team to finally make that run into the playoffs and get to the spring finals last year. He plays a good mix of mix of tank and ranged supports. Uh, he was a mid laner uh, in his past past part of his career now, so he has plenty of experience on enchanters and stuff like that. But he has developed quite well uh, into playing the tanks as well. Still not probably the top top uh, of the league, but he's still uh, in, in that upper echelon of supports in the region. I feel like when I was watching uh, the games and trying to remember, you know, like how the commentators would, you know, reflect on stuff uh, when they were, you know, talking about certain players and stuff like that. I do remember who he getting, like I said, quite uh, a bit of praise, and I tend to agree with that. Uh, overall, we'll see if there's still some room for improvement there because he has been around the scene for a while, so you're not really going to be expecting a ton to get uh, better for him in terms of a gameplay perspective. But there was obviously that huge surprise last year with that entire Golden Guardians roster, not just him. Uh, so you never really know when someone can really find their best form. And that kind of speaks for NRG as a whole last year, obviously, with uh, finishing just at a 9-9 record, I believe it was, in the regular season, winning into winning summer and going into the quarterfinals. So expectations are going to be higher now for this team. You know, again, that's the only change in their roster was Huhi. So now you're expecting Dokla, Contracts, Palafox, FBI to, at the at the bare minimum, maintain their performances from last year. If not, you would probably want to see them ideally even play better and truly solidify themselves as a title contender. Because even despite them winning the summer finals and even despite them going to quarterfinals at worlds i still don't think that the common sentiment around this team is that they're even the favorites uh for going into the summer uh, or going to the spring excuse me of the lcs this season yeah i'm gonna keep it pretty straightforward here just because even the org kept it pretty straightforward uh given that who he is that one change i'll focus mostly on him and i think that by swapping out ignore for who he instead to me this reads as a pretty clear upgrade at least on paper and a lot of that comes from what i've heard about the guy so things like he's great for team atmosphere or he's great about delivering constructive criticism and looking for ways to improve himself his teammates the the synergy on the team things like that he has those like blatant conversations with people which doesn't always happen but obviously is kind of critical to making improvements you don't want to maintain status quo necessarily and even on stage the stuff that we see from him directly as the fans he seems to be a pretty strong player and fairly consistent and of course there's that added bonus that he won lcs with fbi on 100 these before so some existing synergy to look forward to in the bot lane microcosm especially and 
you know, Ignar wasn't necessarily a bad player by any means, but I do think that, at least from what I've seen, he was probably the least remarkable member of the roster. So bringing in this guy that will boost morale, you know, even in that, that 03 series against BDS, World Qualifying Series, so often we saw in player accounts that he'd make some kind of play or even make some kind of mistake and he'd be laughing about it. Like he didn't take things too hard. There wasn't really tilt there. He's just, he seems to be a fun guy to play with and pair that with his skill. And I, I think that this should be a benefit to energy. So I do think that they should probably maintain their spot as a title contender. Maybe they won't win, but they should be at least in that upper uh, piece of the league and I, I'm I'm hoping to see continued uh, development and continued strength from this roster. They've been a pleasure to watch. You definitely have to give them their respect at the very least. You know, like like you said, yeah. It's, hard, it's for me, it's hard to place them as title contenders in terms of like being the favorites. But you definitely have to give them their respect. I think clearly especially when you look at the the rest of the rosters as we've done so far they are on paper a top three roster in the region i don't i definitely think that they're better than every single roster that we've talked about up until this point it's just they're going to have a big hurdle to jump to at the bare minimum get through c9 and then maybe even still going into this next team now team liquid they will still be a challenging uh, opponent for nrg as well as team liquid has made some upgrades uh, at the very least, we hope that they've made some upgrades going into this season. They have brought in Impact uh, as their new top laner to replace Summit, who I believe, if I remember right, I saw, I think he's going to Brazil or Latin America or something like that, which is crazy. Yeah, that's, that's what a wild uh, an unfortunate career arc it's been for Summit, but I'll digress on that one. Impact to replace him in the top lane. Umti in the jungle replacing Pioshik. Uh, Pioshik was on DRX uh, from Korea last year. Umti was on Breon Blade. Or I should say, uh, Pioshek was on DRX in Korea two years ago before Team Liquid brought him in. Now, Umpti is, is coming in from Korea. Uh, he was on Breon Blade last year. He was on Breon Blade since uh, 2021. So he spent a lot of time uh, in Korea and being in eh jungler over there for the most part, uh, to be honest. They have APA in the mid lane. They're keeping him in. I love that move. Jan staying at 80 carry. Love that move. I'm I'm excited to see that they kept both of those young guns around. And then Core JJ, of course, wasn't really going anywhere at support. I don't think anyone was expecting anything else there. So the top part of the map has changed. And pretty drastically, at the very least in terms of the actual top lane, Summit much more of a aggressive in your face lane dominant player he's going to be picking carry champions no no real uh will for him to want to play tanks i think he had to obviously pop to play some tanks at some point but uh he was much more of a carry threat bruiser threat um super lane dominant and you're kind of just hoping that uh his i guess i would say tendencies to die often in the middle and later stages of the game were lessened. They weren't really lessened a ton uh, last year with Team Liquid. That was kind of the hope. It didn't end up working out. They are making a complete 180 switch uh, into, into Impact in the top lane. Still one of the best top laners in the region. Uh, he has been since coming over from T1 all those years ago. He was on Evil Geniuses last year and he is just the exact definition of a top laner that you could possibly want in a League of Legends team, just an absolute weak side king, 
Uh, he will not demand any resources, and he will just happily play his tanks, he will happily play his Renektons, his Cassantes, his whatever uh, generic tank champion you want, um, and he will just stay up there in that lane for however long it's going to be, 10, 15, 20 minutes, it doesn't matter, and you know exactly what you're going to get out of him. His and, and, and even so, this was the thing that surprised me the most, actually, when I was looking at the lane stats. His lane stats, I'll, I'll say in spring, uh, in summer, it, uh, it wasn't quite uh, up there, but in spring, they were second best for top laners, only behind Summit, and that's as a weak side guy, not getting a lot of resources. Summit is a guy who definitely commanded that attention. So the fact that Impact was still up there in the lane, despite being a complete opposite of what Summit is really shows to you how good this guy still is after being in this league for so long. Definitely an upgrade for Team Liquid. You're going to get a much more well-rounded player and a much better team player as well with Impact than you're going to be getting in what they had in Summit. Umti, as I mentioned, again, coming over from Korea, replacing Pyoshik with him, uh, two guys who have been around in Korea for a long time. Again, I said it before, Umti is just kinda eh. The one thing that did uh, catch my eye was that he led junglers in kill participation in summer uh, in Korea, but other than that, watching the couple games that I did, he seemed fine. Uh, hopefully it's an upgrade from Pioshik at best, but I don't think it's uh, anywhere near going to be a guarantee that it's an upgrade. Hopefully uh, it's been a side grade, you know, I think that's probably what you would expect from that. And it kind of is going to be interesting to see Umti being a different dynamic too, because for all of his career uh, in Korea, he's been on perennially bad teams. He was on Junair Green Wings before they ended up dropping out of Korea, and then like I said before, he spent the last few years on Breon Blade, who has also been, relatively speaking, a bad team in the league as well. So he will at least be coming to NA, and he will be on a team that should be contending for a title. So we'll see if he's going to be up to snuff. Granted, it's in a much weaker region, generally speaking, talent-wise, so maybe there's just going to be some kind of natural... Uh, you know, talent gap, skill gap that he'll get as like a boost from coming over from Korea to here. Um, but it will be exciting for him, I'm sure, to be on a team that will be better than what he's been on before. APA coming in uh, from Harry in the middle of last season was one of the best decisions Team Liquid probably could have made. Obviously, we didn't really know that at the time. We all had reasonable excitement for Harry. He didn't really work out. But APA has been more than a pleasant surprise uh, and he's definitely been uh, more solid as a mid laner than someone like Insanity, and again, as being a North American mid laner, um, and a guy who's been kind of, you know, on the edges of maybe breaking into pro play for a while, or maybe getting a chance on like an academy team for a while, he absolutely took the ground running in LCS last year. He's again, uh, not afraid to play some unique picks. Uh, he had a uh, uh, a decently large champion pool. He had 11 games on Nico, 9 games on Cassiopeia. Uh, he wasn't afraid to play some Twisted Fate. He had 3 TF games, uh, 2 games on Nautilus mid, as well as a Xerath game mixed in there amongst all of his champion picks. So definitely uh, not afraid to pick uh, a new champion or unique champion when the spot is favorable for it. Um, and most notably, at least for the one game uh, at Worlds last year, he went toe-to-toe -to -toe, uh, with Faker in, in the mid lane, and that was a, a fun game to watch. Uh, that very first game, I believe it was, of the group stages last year for Worlds. That was, that was very pleasant. 
And then Jan going into the AD carry role. He is a guy who definitely did improve from spring to summer, and he's going to be looking to continue on that. Uh, KDA-wise, he improved from a 3.5 in spring to a 5.6 in summer, which was third amongst AD carries uh, in the summer split. So definitely a guy who, again, kind of just based off of the nature of how things went in the LCS, is a top 380 carry right now in the league. Unfortunately, again, with you know teams dropping out and rosters getting reshuffled, that's normal, but with the teams dropping out, kind of just got like a default boost into that role, but it's not really a, a true knock on his skill. He is a good player who did improve a ton in between splits last year, and we're all looking forward to seeing him improve even more. And then Core JJ, while he's not at his peak anymore, obviously, he's still one of the best supports in the league. And I'm sure that he, not only in addition to being a good player himself, has had a very strong effect on Jan's improvement from spring to summer and hopefully now going into this uh, spring split for 2024 as well. He plays everything. He knows how to get around the map. He's still an all-around top support, so there's not too much else I need to say about Core JJ. When you're looking at Team Liquid, you're really going to be looking to see how Umti does in comparison, especially to how Pioshik did last year. Is there a noticeable difference there? And then can APA and Jan continue to build off of their impressive starts and their debuts from last year into this one? So my sentiments around this roster are kind of split down the middle is, is the way that I'd put it. Because sure, they look solid and will probably still stay in contention for at least the upper half of the league. But I feel like when I look at what this team could have been as opposed to what it is, I feel like they wasted a, a lot of opportunity to upgrade the roster. So like, obviously bringing an impact on the top side, I think... Although Summit has been a player known to be explosive and make very aggressive plays in lane phase and then sometimes get huge leads, he's also the guy that I've seen TP into five people and just instantly die. So when you bring in someone like Impact, who's probably the pinnacle of stability in NA, you're, you're kind of getting rid of that potential for huge highs but you're also never going to get griefed. And I don't think I've personally at least ever seen an instance where Summit necessarily won TL a game by himself or off the back of his performance. So I think that was very much the the correct choice. And, you know, Impact mentioned that he's back home or something to that effect. So I'm sure TL fans will be happy to see him. But then the rest of the roster to me, besides CoreJJ, of course, is a little iffy. So like, yes, APA, I think, is probably the correct choice, at least from what the pool of the options were. I think that he's he hasn't had even a whole split yet. And as you mentioned, he went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Faker. So there's so much more potential for growth here. And some of the champ pool issues that I heard Pioshik mention at Worlds, that's, that's something that he can iron out with time. So I think that that's something I agree with. But the two that I'm very questionable on are Umti and Jungle and Yon in the AD carry role. So, okay, Umti is another Korean. If TL wanted to go the Korean route, then fair enough, I guess. But I think given his background, say what you will about Pyoshik, he won Worlds. So there's at least that. Umti has been perma stuck to the bot bottom half of the LCK. 
I don't imagine he's going to make too many waves in the LCS now. He's probably a downgrade in my opinion, side grade at the absolute best case scenario. But you've got Spica teamless and you've got Closer teamless. And you went with Umpty. That makes no sense to me. So while there's the chance they didn't want to join TL, which I don't really know why, it's a good reputable org, there is that chance. But I feel like this was just a objectively worse decision from TL. You've got these two players who, besides Blabber, Spica, I would say, is probably the top two junglers in the league. And then Closer as well has been among the top uh, echelon in the past. So huge question marks there. But my biggest gripe personally lies with the decision to keep Yon. And I know, Steve, you mentioned that you were okay with this and you wanted to see better things. And I fully agree that development is important. But Yon has had like a year now with TL and he's had a few appearances in the past. Uh, when Hansama was around, he showed up to, to replace him here and there. But based on what I saw at Worlds especially, this is a guy that I just thought was invisible for the most part. Maybe not bad necessarily, but given the fact that CoreJJ in the past has made Tactical look good, and we know where that went now, I'm not necessarily confident that this was the right call. And again, you've got people like Sven that are teamless now. So... It's just these two roles here, the AD carry and jungle role, I'm not really sure the team did what they could. Maybe they did, and I'm I'm just someone talking from the outside that doesn't know anything, but I just feel like there there could have been more to do here, and TL could have been that much better for it. I think the thing with like someone like Sven at the very least to to speak on him specifically, and again, like it's not like we're insiders or anything. We're just you know average dudes talking about the game, um, with with no like you know any information about any dealings or stuff like that. But for Sven, the way I kind of looked at it as to why he is not on a team anymore was because that he wanted to switch back to AD carry. Unfortunately, like I feel like. Uh, even still, if he was a support, maybe teams still wouldn't want to go after him. But I feel like there's always uh, uh, an, an inherent risk of when you're taking someone who position swapped, you know, for you know maybe a year or two or however long it's going to be. I think for Sven, it ended up being a year and a half, basically. And then they want to go back to the role that they played is that teams aren't probably going to like that because there is going to be a risk of they go back to that role and they're just not the same player that they were as there before. Now, I, I would say personally that when you're dealing with a guy like Sven who just seems to be, you know, a really, I guess, strong player just overall in terms of like his knowledge of the game and still his mechanics, even playing support, especially when you're dealing with, you know, just an 80 carry to a support you kind of you're you're still getting like the knowledge of the position when you're playing support with an AD carry. You still know the lane dynamics and stuff like that. But I feel like it's just the unfortunate thing where he is an older player. He's been around for a very long time now, a very long time, and just there is that that slight chance of hey maybe he goes back to AD carry and he's still not gonna be, uh, you know anywhere. Uh, 
like he was before. And you're definitely not going to be expecting improvement out of him as an AD carry. Just again, generally speaking, he's an older player. You know, you, relatively, I would say you're probably going to be more set in your ways in, in terms of thinking about the game and stuff like that. And it's going to be hard for mechanics to improve as you get older. Whereas with a guy like Jan, he is still incredibly young, still very new to the LCS as a whole. He had that of at least a full year, I don't remember exactly, but it was definitely that full year on Team Liquid Academy before stepping into the main team. And I still think that there's definitely signs of improvement, and there's, there, at least to me, there wasn't really a reason to change something that, at the very least, at a regional level, is is working. Because um, we, we, we can get into that topic, that broader topic of, you know, worlds for North America and... You know, wanting to see that the teams and the region as a whole be successful there and get into the semifinals and contend for a finals, but that's just always going to be hard for this region to do unless there's like major changes made at a very much grander scale. So, like as a C9 fan, for speaking from personally, I've come to the the settlement a couple years ago now at this point where it's like, hey, C9. I don't care, you know, if you go to Worlds and you get and you bomb out in groups, as long as you win at least Summer Split and get there, right? Like, just, just dominate nationally, you know, win, win Spring, win Summer every year. That's my one thing that I expect out of Sand every year is to win Summer and at least to make it to Worlds. But ideally, you win both splits, you keep on, you know, whether you want to develop talent like they've done before, or you want to buy in some talent like they've done as well, you know, with guys like JoJo and Perks, you know, that was a short experiment and whatever. But win, win the LCS as much as you can, get to Worlds, and whatever happens at Worlds is just a bonus to me. At, at, at least until we start seeing, you know, changes more at around an LCS level as a region and as a league and not just individual teams because I don't really feel like an individual team is really going to be able to separate itself that much. So that's why I'm fine with Jan staying because I think he's going to still give them a shot to continue improving and becoming, you know, it's hard to compare players specifically, but, you know, of a Sven caliber of ADC where at his peak, he was very good and he was winning leagues consistently in Europe and he's won on, on C9 now. So I love Jan sticking around again because you're getting and fostering some younger talent, which a lot of people, you know, in the region want. They want to see these guys stick around on a team and not just get churned over. You know, they spend a year here and then, oh, Sven's available now. Let's just go, you know, sign Sven. You know, he's been around for a long time. He's a relatively good player. I think it's a good decision that what TL's made because they've gotten criticism for that in, in the past before teams like them and TSM where they're just churning out players, you know, and trying to just get the best you know players they can in every position. I give them a lot of credit for sticking with APA and Jan in terms of letting them get another season under their belt, or at the very least a spring split under their belt, see how they develop. And then if Jan still doesn't really improve too much, then maybe then they make a change for summer, right? That that can still happen. Or if APA for some reason falls off, you know, maybe he's gone for summer. But I like what they've done. They have a really good mix of the seasoned veterans who are still really good players and impact and core JJ. Umti, he's been, you know, as we've we've talked about on lower teams in Korea for a while, but he's been around for a long time. He's a veteran, so he'll be able to help uh, this team out still. And again, obviously with the overarching Korean 
background, for lack of a better word, I guess, the Korean focus on this team, he plays into that as well. And then you still have a, a good mix of the youth. And I like I like the fact that they have their youth as their carries, because they've both shown that they have the capability to be solid. Now it's up to them to show that they can be great. And I really like that building your carry positions, your mid and your ADC around these young players that hopefully you can foster with all these veterans and coaching and, you know, experienced talent around them. Yeah, when you frame it that way, I can definitely see where you're coming from. So I'll, I'll kind of at least partially retract what I said. I think I, I do still hold the stance that development is important. I, I don't want to discount that fact at, by any means. I just think that f from my perspective, at least a year in, in your league is about where I start like properly making a judgment on a person, like at least the way that I, I kind of do things. But I, I I will give this guy the benefit of the doubt for another year, see what happens. But I think after two years, if he's about where he is now still, my at least feelings are that he isn't quite where he should be. So the development is good and I, I fully support this. I, I just am not entirely convinced as of yet is the way that I'll say it. And that's generally how I look at things is like two years, you know, like if you've been around for like two full years ish, you know, maybe a year and a half, you know, if you're if you're really showing that you're not up to par. Um, but like generally speaking, two years is like where I can feel comfortable with like looking at a player and seeing like, OK, yeah, like let, now, now let's take a look. You have a real body of work now. You've been around for not just, you know, you got your chance in your first rookie season and you know, you got, you got taken out right away. Two full years, like, okay, you have some experience. Let's take a look at your body of work. And then I agree, let's make a judgment then. But I, I think for his, his first year, Jan was fine. The spring split was definitely rocky. If his spring split was still what he looked like in the summer split, then yeah, I'd, I'd be much more closer to the way you're thinking of. But I, I think he got a good bit better in summer split. I think it's hard to, to definitely deny that. And I think if you can keep on improving which again i would expect him to do he's got a great team around him at the very least on the players i'm not going to speak on the coaches because i don't know the coaching uh, at all and how all that stuff works behind the scenes but from what we see on the roster he definitely has the seems like the right people especially with core around him to help fostering him and building him up as a player so i i think that definitely after the second year if for, if there is no improvement or he kind of stagnates and and is just hovering around the same spot then sure maybe you can talk about looking at someone else but even then i still think it depends on on who you're talking about because with a team like team liquid are they going to be staying with this korean theme of you know having the korean speaking team and having that kind of culture around them or are they going to be willing to make more wholesale changes because that also affects your your talent pool right if you're sticking with this kind of korean theme then uh i believe impact and core are residents right they are residents but they they obviously hail from korea originally right but they but for for lcs perspective lcs matters they are t they are residency yes so that's you right. so yeah so then it's like okay well then do you want to import uh, an ADC from Korea? Are you going to be importing a young ADC from Korea like C9 did from Berserker? Are you going to try to go out and buy, you know, the best player? Are you going to try to go out and buy, like, you know, uh, Gumayushi or Aiming or uh, who else is there helping me out? Top ADCs in Korea. Um, uh, Ruler's a good one. 
rulers in China, but yeah, like ruler, Vi- oh, Viper. Now. Yeah, he's Korean. Viper, you know, like someone like that, you know, are you going to be going out and buying one of those guys? Or are you looking for like your next berserker? Or it's not the same level, you know, but are you going to be trying to import someone from Korea like Ice, you know, or someone like that who maybe you think you have... Uh, potential or no i believe was in korea right like not the same level as berserker but are you looking for someone like that who maybe you think has some potential and then you can look to build up and and develop so there's that or if you're willing to make more wholesale changes then you have a much wider talent pool to look at you're looking at a different na player in that case i'd probably rather just keep you on than looking at more of an na player but we'll have to obviously see how things like challengers go this year and stuff like that so i'm on board with keeping you on I'll, I'll just cut it off there i like the decision but yeah, I think definitely at the end of this year, if there is not a lot of improvement, then we can talk about maybe looking for someone else. But going into this year with this roster, I think they got a really solid shot at competing. Yeah, I'm happy with that stance for the time being. So this will turn us now into the, I would say, undisputed favorites going into this season. No, no real bias there, but I think even with taking bias out of it, this is the strongest looking roster on paper. It is Cloud9. Fudge sticking around in the top lane to a lot of C9 fans' detriment. Not not mine necessarily, but to a lot of C9 fans' detriment. Fudge is staying around. Blabber in the jungle. Jojo Pyun brought in from Evil Geniuses in the mid lane. Berserker staying around as the AD carry and Vulcan uh, in from Evil Geniuses and FlyQuest uh, as their support. Vulcan has spent previous time on C9, also had a good success with them uh, in his previous tenure there. I mean, there's a lot I can say about this Cloud9 roster. I could talk about them for hours uh, as as they are my favorite team. I think the one point that I'm going to try to maybe stick on a little bit more is Fudge. You know, Blabber, he's still the best jungler in the region. Jojo, he should, you know, probably definitely be the best mid laner in the region. Same thing with Berserker. Vulcan, I wouldn't say he's quite clearly the best, but he's still an upper, probably top two or top three support. But Fudge is the, as I hinted at, the interesting point on this team because especially when they brought in Jojo as their mid laner, I, even I thought for sure that Fudge was going to be gone from C9 because I thought that there was no way, and, and also, also credit to Team Liquid for this too, they're only using one import slot on Umpti. When you have two, they're only using one on Umpti. They still have one open. Um, so that's, that's a nice credit to TL as well because usually they're a team that... Uh, fills up all the import slots as most LCS teams do. Um, but C9 as well, only having one import slot being used, I thought for sure Fudge was gone when JoJo signed because it came down to you're not going to get rid of Blabber, you're not going to get rid of Berserker, or he's hope- you're not going to get rid of him intentionally. There was a chance maybe he doesn't want to come back, but they brought him back, so thank goodness for that. JoJo's your resident mid laner, and then we knew that Sven was going to be leaving, um, but then when they brought in Vulcan as well, I thought, okay, well now there's definitely not going to be obviously a, an imported support coming in. I was, I would have been a fan of bringing in a Korean support, you know, or at least at least a Korean speaking support to maybe help Berserker, you know, and maybe communication would be a bit easier, even though Berserker is learning English obviously as time goes on. But I thought maybe that that would be a, a play there that C9 would have went for. They ended up bringing back Vulcan, which I'm still a fan of. But I thought for sure when those four positions were solidified, Fudge isn't staying. So I, w- I was surprised that they brought him back too, just because of the import slot. He is still a really good top laner, despite what many people would like to think about Fudge. Um, last year was not 
uh, overall speaking wise, probably the best year for fudge, especially in public perception. But if you still look at, you know, some stats and stuff like that, he had the highest KDA for top laners in the summer split. He had the second best uh, lane stats, CSD, Gold Differential, XP Differential, only behind Summit, who is now no longer in North America. And I think the one thing that people will forget about Fudge, and, and, and maybe they do know this, but they just don't talk about it, because I do feel like a lot of the contention around Fudge is his international performances, which I can, I can give some concessions to. But nationally, LCS-wise... He is more than good enough to be either a weak side player or be a carry threat. Like, Fudge does command resources. We especially saw that at Worlds this year. He needed help at Worlds. But in NA, he can easily hold his own. He doesn't need, you know, to have Blabber in his lane, you know, all the time trying to help bail him out. You know, or he can command resources from Blabber as well. And if he does, he knows what to do with them. His problems come at MSI, at Worlds, where, and again, for most of his time in North America, it's not like it was just a last year thing either, he doesn't quite seem to be able to stack up against the best of the best in the world. Which, to give him some credit as well now, is hard for almost any player in this region to do, seemingly. Um, if he keeps struggling at Worlds or MSI then maybe still with that import slot open, maybe there will be a change next year. Um, but they did sign him to a contract extension, which goes beyond next year. I believe it's till 2026, if I remember correctly. I don't have the, the contract database open in front of me, but I'm pretty sure it's 2026. So Reason would believe that Fudge is going to be sticking around for a while. Obviously, buyouts and stuff can happen. And that still is the most likely spot on this team, I think, to get changed, especially with that import slot being open. But Fudge is more than good enough to be the top laner on Cloud9, especially for North America, where he is just now, in my opinion, clearly the, the best, uh, most well-rounded top in North America. Now, that's not a diss at impact, because we just generally don't see him play the carry champions. That's not what he does. I'm sure if he did play carry champions, he would still be really good at them, right? Um, but he doesn't have to whip that out. Fudge does that on, on a pretty consistent basis with C9. So I, I would give him the not over impact only because of that. Um, so that that's my thoughts on Fudge. I still think that C9 have a very valid reasons for keeping him. I like him still as their top laner. I do think that the international performances are slightly concerning, and I do think that he's not... I don't see him as having quite the same potential as he did as before, you know, when he was newer to the region and, and still, you know, improving and his rise was pretty quick, uh, ascending to the, to the top as being some of the best players in the region. But... He is still more than deserving of being on C9, let alone a top team in general uh, in North America. So that's my thoughts on Fudge. I still also wouldn't put it out there that if Vulcan doesn't work with Berserker, because there might be a chance that with Sven leaving, Sven and Berserker spoke very highly of each other and they loved playing with each other. Sven wanted to play ADC again, so his contract was up. He didn't want to come back to play support. I respect that. Good luck to you, Sven. I hope that you can find a team at some point, maybe in the middle of spring or going into summer, because I'm sure there will be changes somewhere. But I wouldn't be surprised maybe if there is some, maybe not... Uh, a smooth transition in the bot lane with Berserker and Vulcan, 
Because to me, at the very least, Vulcan and Sven seem like different players. They definitely seem to have different personalities, just as, as a, a normal you know human being outside of the game. So if there isn't a smooth transition from Sven to Vulcan, I still also think that maybe using the import slot on a Korean or a Korean-speaking support could still be in play. And I think that would actually probably be the most interesting thing to watch on C9 in terms of maybe a potential downfall on the team. Not to say that they would really completely bomb out or anything, but if there are struggles, I think that it probably would come maybe from a lack of synergy or seeing the game in the same way with Berserker and Vulcan. Yeah, I think Fudge was as well what I was going to kind of poke a little bit at, given the fact that it's a little difficult to find holes anywhere else on this roster. Where, yeah, it's it's that international, I fully agree that he he hasn't quite been showing what NA probably would would have wanted. But then when you've got, you know, Blabber is the best NA jungler and in conversation for one of the best NA players of all time, Berserker didn't really have any competition for best AD carry of last year. And now the only challenge that I think I foresee is maybe Meech and Masu, the two rookies depending on how they show up, of course. You know, Vulcan's back. I've got a little bit a little bit of Canadian bias here when I say that I think he has been the best NA support in the past. Core JJ and Huhi are the only two I see really competing with him, but I, I still think he's the best. And then Jojo, who's just, you know, he's he's been playing for a few short years at this point, but he's been completely wiping the floor with other mid laners and, and laughs about it in the process. So... Like when when you've got a roster that's this stacked, and I I think it's been a while since C9 has been this undisputably the the favorites. I don't think you're really going to be complaining when you've got a consistent top three top laner within the league. So, all things considered, I think that this roster is fantastic and probably NA's best shot at internationals coming into the year. You know, thinking a little bit ahead there, but. I, I, that's at least where I stand on the on the matter, and like it's it's just you know C nine never misses, and I don't think twenty twenty four is going to change that. Yeah, and I think especially coming from a fan perspective in me, anything lower than first would be a disappointment for this team in terms of finishing in the league. You know, play, playoffs and stuff, anything can happen. You know the. The series and stuff like that, you know, there, there, there's always crazy runs. Just have to look at last year to NRG and, and see that it can happen. Um, but at least in the regular season, anything lower than first is really a disappointment for this team. Like I said, there are potential areas of this team where maybe things don't go super smoothly. Again, I think most notably could be in the bot lane. I still do think that Vulcan is a, a very talented individual support. And I like him a lot. Like I said, he was on C9 before. I was super thrilled when they brought him in on C9 the first time because uh, that was when he was rising up on that clutch gaming roster that ended up uh, having that one really good year. So I'm still excited to have him back, and he is very talented. But again, just to me, I think that maybe there there is, if there is differences in like Vulcan and Sven's personalities and how they see the game and stuff like that, then that would be one of the potential points where things can go wrong. I'm not necessarily saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying I expect it to happen. But I think that maybe there is something there that could be looked at going over the course of the season. But yeah, C9 are definitely the favorites going into this year. And... 
it's kind of surprising to, to think that there is actually that clear of a favorite, again, because NRG has seemingly uh, gotten better uh, with, with that one change, and they were a huge surprise last year. Team Liquid is still going to be a little bit of a question mark uh, with guys like on an APA still needing to prove themselves a little bit. Um, and I, I think part of this is just a system of, or a part of the system of it being only an eight-team league now, but there just isn't going to be uh, a ton of competition, I don't think, this year for, for the top spots because there really are just, like, I think these clear top three teams. Or I guess I forgot about FlyQuest, too, because FlyQuest went over last episode. Um, so Cloud9 and FlyQuest should probably be the top two teams, I would say, competing for sure if things, like, are just probably going in, like, an average way. Nothing super crazy happens, either good or bad, for any team. I would assume it would be Cloud9 and FlyQuest uh, in pretty tight competition up there. But other than that, I do think, unless NRG is up there, it's a pretty clear step down in terms of just on paper, like, looking at who do we think realistically are the favorites to win. I do think it's a clear divide. I, I would put FlyQuest up there with C9 just to, to make it maybe a little bit more interesting. Um, but I do think there is a clear drop-off uh, from those two teams, even going into NRG um, and, and Team Liquid and the rest. Yeah, and I think the, the one kind of final note that I wanted to make before we kind of end things off for the LCS is the colloquially understood team known as Team McDonald's, which, if you're not familiar with the term, is just kind of what people have started referring to as people that are going teamless for the upcoming year. And this this McDonald's roster is one of the more stacked ones I think we've seen in a while. With players like Licorice and Someday in the top lane, Spica closer in the jungle, Gory for lack of a better option in the mid lane, and then Zven and Stixay and AD Carey, and again, not necessarily the biggest of names, but I put Treats in the support role. These are all players that I think could fit into the league somewhere, where you look at what the other options are, I think that every single one of these except maybe Treats fits in somewhere. And it's it's kind of crazy, obviously, that with this uh, drop in the number of teams, probably factoring in, at least for someone like Licorice, Gory, and Stixay, it's a little wild to me to see some of these names on the list. And Steve, what are what are your thoughts on where we ended up with this Team McDonald's unofficial roster? Yeah, obviously some of it because of Golden Guardians and EG leaving, you know, someone like Licorice and uh, maybe Gory, but I feel like Gory was probably on a bit of a downward trend. He might not have had a team anyways, but definitely someone like Licorice um, not able to get uh, a team due to the signings already being, at the very least, verbally committed, if not officially uh, made by the time that the vote was passed for Golden Guardians and Evil Geniuses to exit. Very unfortunate for him to be out of it. Um, and sp I think Spica is probably the, the most surprising one. No, again, Sven not being on a team, I can see a little bit. Um, Stixay, again, kind of just a part of that Golden Guardian situation. Spica is, is really weird to me just because he was on, uh, FlyQuest. They're obviously still in the league. 
Spica was still a top jungler in the league last year. I don't know what went on to not have him get a spot. Like I'm going to look up my notes here for the roster. Like Obviously, Blabber's not going anywhere. Team Liquid definitely could have brought him in. Uh, they might have just wanted the, to keep the Korean thing going, I guess. So that's why they brought in Umti, but I would have brought in Spica there for sure. You're definitely getting a better player um, in him than Umti, I would say. Contracts thing on NRG, that's fine. Um, Shopify Rebellion couldn't. Shopify Rebellion probably didn't want to go to you know a bottom of the table team or a mid table team, so that that's probably why you know like Shopify Rebellion, Dignitas, um, and then Immortals probably he, that's probably why he didn't end up on any one of those teams. FlyQuest uh, again they could have kept him around. I don't know why. I mean I guess I shouldn't say that. Inspired's a great player. Um, you know, so I'm not necessarily surprised that he did find a team again, but obviously FlyQuest collapsed last year. They knew that they wanted to make changes. Um, I'm surprised that they literally just blew up the entire roster, because I think Spica is definitely someone that could have stuck around. The only real other option for him could have been 100 Thieves, but even, even then it's not like they're going to be favorites right out of the gate, and they brought in River, who is on that same level of jungler as Spica. Um, so I think, unfortunately for him, all of the top teams, I don't know when they found River or uh, 100 Thieves or where maybe, um, why, why exactly they went for Inspired over Spica, other than they just wanted to blow up the whole roster from the collapse. Um, there were some spots for him to go, but they weren't really contenders. And then the other two teams that were really good, Sienna and NRG, they kept their junglers. I don't blame them for keeping their junglers. Um, it's not that Spica wouldn't have been a good fit there. It's just that I think that, you know, why change something that has been working for obviously C9 for so long and then NRG with this year as well. Um, so it is disappointing, especially to see him out. Um, and the same, the same information basically goes for Closer as well, I think. I think Closer's uh, a little bit below uh someone like Spica, but it's not like he's far off um but he did he he was not performing uh, as good last year either so i think that stuff kind of just goes hand in hand for those two guys licorice and stick say we talked about um with golden guardians um yeah i don't i think it was just gory for mid laners gory was the same thing and then treats i mean treats is a good support um but He's, he wasn't going to be picked up by a top team. I do think that uh, if there has been, you know, some more hype around him from a while ago where he did have some promise, um, but he's never really been on a team either that was really able to to be that good, I don't think. I think when he's been in NA, it's been on those bottom tier teams. I don't remember all of his stints in EU, but I'm pretty sure they weren't on good teams either. Um, so I think a lot of those guys, some of them, they were just unfortunate. Um, to not get a spot, whether it be from the Golden Guardians and Evil Geniuses situation with leaving. Um, and then some of them, I mean, it's just like, hey, like you're, you're a good player, but when, when the top teams aren't making changes, it's up to you as a player to decide if you would rather ride the bench for a split or two and see if you can get picked up either for summer or for the start of next year on a better team that will be making changes. Uh, or you can say, hey, you know what, I, I, I really want to play, I just want to play, I don't care if I'm on a contending team or not, as long as I'm getting a decent paycheck and I can, 
show these teams that I still got what it takes to play even on a bad team. Maybe I can help elevate a bad team. That would be probably even more impressive is if you can go on, you know, a bottom tier team and elevate them into being, you know, a mid-table team or a team that's fighting for maybe a semifinals or a finals appearance in, in the LCS. So I would have liked to have seen, you know, Spica or someone else of that caliber do that, you know, go on to, you know, Shopify Rebellion. I don't know if they didn't, maybe they couldn't afford Spica or something like that, but go on to Shopify Rebellion. Go on to... I don't know, 100 Thieves, they have River already, but that'd be the kind of team that I would want to see someone like Spica go on. So at least River got to go there and do that same thing too. See if you can help elevate some of these players, whether they're younger or older, and see if you can you know, make some magic happen there. So I think that everyone has their own circumstances, unfortunately, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. They're, that's a great team. That's definitely a top three team uh, in the LCS uh, for, for all those free agents. So... That's just what happens sometimes, unfortunately. Yeah. And I think that Treats, I fully agree, isn't necessarily a huge name. Uh, I, I kind of put him on there because I'm probably the only person in the world that's felt he's got potential and, as you said, never got put on a good team. But, but you know, that's just kind of my own little choice there. And then, like, the final shout-out I wanted to make is that Double Lift is retiring for the 100th time. You know, he's been a, a mainstay in the league and definitely one of the biggest AD carry names, biggest reasons for a lot of people to watch the LCS. So, you know, we'll be looking forward to seeing him come back in 2025, but all the best double lift. And with all that being said, wanted to give a big thank you once again to all of you for sticking around to the end and continuing to support us here at Western Focus. You know the drill. Before you sign off, drop a follow here on Spotify so you don't miss our upcoming episodes. we got plenty more to talk about with both the LEC and the Power Rankings for the two Western Leagues. Also drop us a follow on Twitter. That's at NoRival underscore esports for all other esports-related banger content. And next week is going to be the LEC Rundown Part 1, so don't miss out on that. Stay tuned. We'll see you next time.